0: with the Simple Talk podcast coming to you from Dallas, Texas and KPEX Studios, K-E-P-X. Excited to be here. Um, We are going to dig in today to the big five, faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances as we always do. Today's an interesting day is we had a guest planned and due to some confusion, um, the guest did not make it, which is not a big deal at all. But it's one of those times in life where you look at the situation, say I have an hour blocked and I could, you know, be upset or, you know, wasted an hour and a half or just try to turn something good into it. So what's a little unique about today's episode, episode five, is that I really am fairly unscripted, Um, but I'm okay with that. We're going to see where we're led today. It'll most likely be brief. It could end up being long. But I'll, I'll just actually do a little free flow today. Um, what I would say is just just let flow what's on my mind. And, and I'll test myself some questions at the end that I often give guests. So once again, I just appreciate you guys listening. There's been a lot of feedback, a lot of positive notes. So I, I feel that we're doing some good in really changing some people's lives. I appreciate some emails. I had some handwritten notes. Um, the last two podcasts my brother, Noel Boucher, were very well received. I highly encourage you to go back and check those out. So we're going to continue to grow the podcast. You can follow us on iTunes. Um, you can follow us on podcast.com and many other sites, which we'll have in the show notes at the end this week. And a shout-out to um, Shady, who's doing my show notes, who does an exceptional job. If anybody ever has questions about podcasting, too, make sure – and reach out to me, I've got um, Kevin Edmeline who's an outstanding producer, as well as Shady doing the notes. And this is something really anybody can do, and I encourage it, especially if you've got a great story to tell and help people. W- what is on my mind today, and this is, this is something that Noel Boucher brought to my attention, was living a life of really authenticity, but doing that through a vertical relationship with God. And what that means to me is we, we all want to live this, what I would say, horizontal relationship or side to side where we're we're going through life and, and God is alongside us. And that's fine, but we're putting God to the left or the right of us. And then also we're making sides of Christ or sides of God, wherever God stands to you. But I just think it... it it creates a it can create a problem when it should be vertically integrated from the top down from your head down so so the whole I'm third movement which I'm which I'm a big fan of and I get it is that others first or it should it's basically God first others than me in, in a lot of the camps and whatnot talk about that and there's another site I'm second so but what i don't appreciate or like necessarily is the hierarchy of that right it's a absolute con it's a, it's a it's a fine concept but once again i think god should be vertically integrated through all three of those so really it should be a vertical integration of christ through all three or it should almost look like a circle with christ as in the middle of that so you have to center yourself around christ so he is in the middle of all three rather than the hierarchy where you're at the bottom, you know, it's God, others, and yourself, because really it is biblical you have to love yourself and you can only, I believe, love yourself if you put God in the center. And really then you can love your neighbor as yourself, right? So we need to walk with Christ or God inside of us as opposed to alongside of us. right? And, that, and, and look, if you're out there and, and you're not a Christian, that's perfectly fine, because this can really apply to anything, the spirit, Whatever it means to you, I just know what it means to me, right? So you have to integrate that vertically. Now, what that looks like is it's just much more difficult if you're running around with your hair on fire every day and, you know, like I always say, slamming coffee on the way out the door, going to bed with a lot of anxiety in your mind, you have to find that time to get with the two chairs and get quiet, which is the fabulous book I'm reading right now by, Bo- by Bob Bodine. Which I'll probably do a whole podcast on that, but it's that time you can breathe, get silent, and look at a chair, an empty chair across from you, and have that relationship, and then begin to vertically integrate a relationship with God. And really, that—that that is where am I going to bring this into all my decision making? So it's it's really that interwoven walk with the Lord. And did you hear that's with right with with the Lord? It's the it's the two pairs of, it's the two pairs of feet walking on the beach. You don't, you wouldn't see another footprint. It's that famous footprint poem. You wouldn't see another pair of footprints following you in those troubled times. The footprint, it's one pair of footprints because God's already with you, right? So it's just, and, I, and also I love the idea of just bringing God within all of us, right? This whole polarizing and understand we live in a society where, where everything needs to be politicized or polarized, but that really isn't where God stands. While we do need to take stances on certain issues of morality and, and where we believe, you know, I hate to break it to most people if you're a Christian. I, Christ wasn't an American. I'm not sure people are aware of that, right? I mean, come on. You know, he wasn't even white. So let's just get that right in our head that this is a vertical integrated with the Creator of the universe that is not confined, frankly, by by race or nationality or anything along those lines. Right? It's such a deeper and stronger relationship. So that's where we really need to put, we need to put that vertical relationship with Christ, and part a big part of that is getting centered and finding the time, and then throughout the day throughout the week, really within seconds of the day, trying to make decisions that reflect that vertical relationship. And look, it's very important that you guys understand I fail at this all the time. I think I failed at it today as I, I got upset over something that I probably shouldn't have sent an email that I probably shouldn't have, so now it's my job to go back and rectify that and, and think, what would Christ do now in retrospect of doing that and sending that? That's all, that's all we can do. And I say this all the time. We're just, most people are just doing the best they can. So let's offer grace there. But once again, it's so much easier to give grace if you're vertically integrated. And, and I'll tell you guys right now, my go-to emotion and something I struggle with is frustration. And it, and it can be anger. And if people know me, that would surprise them. But it's just wanting things to go right in my way. So I have to just stuff Christ in through the top of my head, down to my feet, to push that frustration and anger out. And then breathe. And we'll get into practical steps. One episode, I'm going to get into just the, the what I'd consider my life hacks that I integrate to really get myself right on a daily basis. So, you know, that, that leads to this vertical relationship, leads to what I would call the reality versus perception versus contentment, right? We, we live in a world where we're in a constant state of comparison. We're in a constant state of what perception should be. In all those, all those situations just create failure. Comparison is the death of joy I mean, that's just, that is the absolute reality and truth of most situations. And it's when I get myself in trouble. It's, I, I traded texts with a professional golfer not long ago, and that is something that he's frustrating. Why am I not pushing through? Why are others succeeding? And right, that actually doesn't serve you at all. Competitiveness is perfectly fine, but comparison really is the death of joy. And, and it can be the death of success. And I'd go further and say, it absolutely unequivocally kills gratitude. If you're in a state of comparison, then how can you be in a state of gratitude, right? That they're they're diametrically opposed, right? You just, you can't. And so trying to stay in gratitude is so important. I mean, that that's another thing that I, the world I live in and, and most of the listeners out there, we're in the top 1% of the world's population in affluence. Right, think about it, I mean, it, And that is not a -a braggadocious statement, it is just the reality of living in America. I mean, most people in America are. So we should be grateful all the time. You know, I've had some hard times in my life, some financially early on. And what I always do, a good friend of mine, Stuart Campbell, in really any situation, I'll pass this along to you, is to stress test situations and how bad is it really? Really, how bad is it? So you're in a bad financial situation with you and your family and money's tight and getting real tight. Well, are you going to end up under a bridge? Like literally, will you end up under a bridge with a cardboard box at your home and your family you know, eating off the street? The reality of that is there's probably a less than 0% mm-hmm. chance that would happen. And so just, just always stress test anything that is really, really, really worrying you. Okay, because you can have family that can help. You can have friends that can help. That's just, that's just the way it is. Now, I want you to also think about this. Dr. George Burris, who has spoken into my life many, many times, my brother as well, he's been a spiritual guide and leader to us, said, Wayne, when you've reached true gratitude is when you are gra- when you have gratitude that you are under that bridge in a box and you're still breathing and you still have your family. And that that, if you can take it that far, now that is very difficult, very difficult for me. But that is the reality. If you can get to that point, then really, really that is success in overcoming comparison. And look, I got to tell you, that's, that's been a struggle for me for a long time. And, and I know many of my friends and other men, some of the, a fair amount of men I talk to that get in trouble um, from a depression or an anxiety standpoint is it work. That it hasn't gotten them to where they want to be, and it's just a lie. I mean, I gotta tell you, it's a lie. There's, I talked to a gentleman three or four weeks ago, and he's not where he want, but passing. And I said, but you, you now can't see the beauty of your two children, your wife, just just the true fortune of that. And unfortunately, I've been to several funerals as of late for some great people, and it's it's become evident that life is just so precious so just being able to breathe right just breathing taking a deep breath is is you've got to be gracious for that right i always talk about steve jobs and that he had all the money in the world all the money he could ever spend i suspect on his deathbed he would have written you a check any of you out there that're upright and breathing and smiling And standing up or sitting down he would have written you a check for every single dollar he has to trade with you at that moment not even knowing if you were going to drop dead the next day just the ability to breathe and live we we forget it every day And, and i'm as guilty as anybody i got to get out in my car here and run to a meeting in about 15 minutes so just remember life is a gift and so that's really i'm going to leave you with that today i have a few other notes here um, but it, this was the vertical integration, the being gracious, the killing of contentment. Um, I'm going to leave a couple, I want to give you a couple verses at you too. Proverbs 1430. I was thinking about this. It, several of them here, a tranquil heart gives life to flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Okay. So. I'm not sure Proverbs could be any more clear and I highly encourage anybody out there read a Proverb a day for a handful of days and see what you think Proverbs 14:30, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh but envy makes the bones rot Galatians 6 4, 5 each of you must examine your own actions then you can be proud of your own accomplishments without comparing yourself to others assume your own responsibility okay Each of you must examine your own actions. Then you can be proud of your own accomplishments without comparing yourself to others. Assume your own responsibility. That is so huge. Own your responsibilities. Own your mistakes. But own the things that you have done great and don't even look at others. What did you do on a daily basis um, that, that, that really, really, really... Makes you happy. I mean, look at the little ones. That's why journaling is important. In my journal, it asks me, what did you accomplish yesterday that made you feel good or that worked? I forget the exact wording, but looking back on yesterday, the next day, and say what worked. So I'm going to run myself through a couple things. At the end, I'm going to leave you with some words of wisdom from an article I read, as I like to do. So, um, okay, so this, I asked my guest the fast five and I'm going to do that for myself today. So, and I have no, this is unscripted. So the fast five, okay? I'm going to ask, give myself the word that the fast five is faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. I ask my guest to say one word or one sentence. And I'm going to do that myself today. And then I have a question I'm going to ask myself. And then I'm going to read you an article that I think you'll find of interest. So the fast five. Faith. Trust, family, being there, friends, loyalty, fitness, vertical integration, finances, stewardship. So those are the words that come to mind. When I think of those things, and and as Noel and I talk about really their stewardship over all of those, it's funny that keeps coming up, but just having stewardship over each one of those areas is is so vitally important. Another question I'm going to ask my guests each week is what would they, what would they tell them their 17-year-old self? And I haven't, you know, I've thought about that a lot over time, not in particular today, but um, what would I tell my 17-year-old self? The simple answer is I would say stop worrying. Just kill that habit at its root. I mean literally destroy it. And I would say stop comparing. Stop comparing. Kill the ha- kill the habit of worry and stop comparing and I was way way guilty of that. Right? Seeking approval from man is is really really a bad idea. Especially at 16 or 17 you're seeking approval of other 16 or 17 year olds whose mind's not even developed, who are making really, really bad decisions. And if you can center your son, your life in some form of God, Christ, whatever that can be to you, even at that age, I mean, I drill it in my kid's head, drill it, and then the, the, it's still hard on them. To be frank, you know, between Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, I mean, we live in a hyper world of immediate satisfaction. Gratitude, no gratitude in comparison. I mean, it is in your face every day. That's why I tell you one thing that I haven't told a lot of people. When I get, when my kids get out of the car at school, now of course my oldest drives herself, but I told them every single time, be bold, be brave. Every single time they got out of the car, be bold, be brave. And and that is something that I would actually tell myself is 16. I was way too scared of everything. I, I was played football fearfully. I probably, I just, I, I did not let boldness and bravery really push forward in the areas I was scared. There was other areas I was, I was successful in and felt good about, but I mean, lead, lead boldly and bravely. My golf coach that I take from occasionally really drilled in my head, drawn the number one tee box. And who wants to hit? Who's gonna go first? And everybody kind of stands around and looks at each other and no, you go, you go. He said, hey, just walk up there and hit the damn ball. He's like, you be that guy, right? Be brave, right? Take the shot, go for it. And, that, and that's what I would say. You know, I'd tell myself probably the same thing I'm telling my kids the more I think about this. Be bold and brave. And the beauty of where I stand in my religion is I can be bold and brave in Christ. Therefore, not comparing myself to the world, but to an all-loving and caring Creator. So I have 12 tips. And I'm going to leave you with some everything you should focus on after 45. Now the issue is I have headsets on that have a cord, and I'm staring at the folder that has them. So I'm going to look at my producer and ask them what should I do, or do you want to grab? <laughs> okay. And by the way, that's Kevin Evelyn sitting next to me. He, he is generally silent, but um, <laughs> yeah. No, we'll uh, just go ahead and pause real quick, and I'll go grab it. Okay. Okay, we're back. Um, Kevin had to walk across his seven thousand square foot studio to grab the article that I want um, to read. Cause race a, over there in a golf cart. Right. It's this is like the Batman's lair. Um, so. I I read a lot every week. Actually, I have to try to tone it down because it just caves my head in and I get behind and then I get frustrated about all I have to read. And all I'm trying to do is make my life better and yet I get upset. But this caught my attention. I saved it. And I am over 45, if you haven't figured that out. After 45 birthdays, here are 11 rules for life. This is a fabulous article. I'll see if I can dig it up and get it to Shady who can post it on the show notes. And frankly, it's 12 rules for life, but I only like 11 of them. So I cut it down to 11. You know, after 45 is one of those times you start taking stock, and I will say that. I mean, you should always take stock in life. It's never too late in life, but that, that is one of these ages where I think, what am I gonna do? Where am I going? And what, what have I not done that I wanna do? So I, I condense these, because this is actually a really long article. But after 45 birthdays, here are 11 rules for life. Be kind mean is easy, kind is hard, okay? Somewhere around eighth grade, most of us, and then I'm going to ad lib, of course, you know, figure it out, being witty and being sarcastic and a cutting remark can get a smile out of people, and I am way guilty of that because I find myself sarcastic and a little bit of a dry sense of humor, so I got to really check that. But number one, be kind, mean is easy, kind is hard. Two, politics is not the most important thing in the world. It's just the one people talk about the most. Okay, AdLib. That is so freaking true. I mean, for the love of God, CNN, Fox, you know, MSNBC. It's incessant and nonstop. And really, it's because we share a government, right? Um, and so since we share a government, we're hyper-focused on these things. But it is so far from the most important thing in the world, Your relationship with your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your nieces, your nephews, right? What you can do to give back to the world. Don't let politics dictate your life. And keep in mind, I lived in D.C. and worked for a congressman. So please don't let politics dictate your life. Number three, always order one extra dish at a restaurant and an unfamiliar one. I love that. I actually do that. I will order, you know, the grilled octopus or I like doing three or four course meals when I go out. So always order an extra dish at the restaurant and unfamiliar one. That's number three. Number four, give yourself permission to be bad. And, and that is not bad in the sense of doing bad things. You'll catch this. You know what you're really good at, things you've done many times before. Mastery is boredom. Unfortunately, we, we like feeling like masters. We hate feeling like idiots. So we keep ourselves bored in order to protect ourselves from feeling stupid. That is a very bad trade. Okay, that is so crazy important. We stay in the mundane of our life just because it feels good. Go fail at something. Go fail at something. Number five, this is probably my favorite, by the way. Go to the party even when you don't want to. I'm going to say that again. Go to the party even when you don't want to. Nine times in ten, you'll be bored and go home early, but the tenth time, You'll have a worthy experience or meet an interesting person. Okay, that is genius. Go to the party when you don't want to. Number six, as a financial planner, I would agree, save 25% of your income. That is very difficult, but very doable. Save 25% of your income. And look, don't, I'd live again, don't tell me how expensive your city is or it's impossible or And trust me, I know. I mean, that's a very difficult task for me. Plus, try to give 10% away and I'm adding that. So save 25% of your income. Number seven, don't just pay compliments. Give them living eulogies. Tell them exactly how great they are in how many ways. Embarrass them. You are amazing and here's why never gets old to people. I'm not very good at that, people. I'm working on that. That is so freaking smart. Making somebody feel better about themselves creates an immediate friend. And i got to tell you, my mom, Sharon McCullough, is, is truly a genius at this. I mean, her compliments are legendary. I need to put them in a book. So don't just pay people compliments. Give them living eulogies. It's so, so brilliant. Number eight, the thing you kind of want to do someday, do it now. Okay, I'm going to jump in here. I mean, literally do it now. Pause this recording, pause this podcast, and go do that. It, what it, I don't care if that's hugging your kid, kissing your wife, jumping out of an airplane, which I did for the first time last year. Do it now. You want to write a column? You start writing it. You want to write devotionals? Do that, right? Do it now. We don't know how long we're going to be here. Approximately three decades from now, you may not have the time, energy, and you may not be able to enjoy it. So I say, do it now. Do it, do it, do it. Okay, so number eight, human beings are often splendid. The world is often glorious. And nature, red in tooth and claw, also invented kindness, charity, and love. Believe in that. I boiled nine down to basically, don't let the cynics win. We can live in a very dark world. So do not let the cynics win. Number 10, Don't try to resolve fundamental conflicts with your spouse or roommates. The only people who win marital arguments about bedrock values are divorced lawyers. Okay. You should never, ever argue with your spouse about anything that could be solved with a proper application of money or ingenuity. And I'm going to explain that because think about this. If you have radically different ideas about tidiness, eliminate a few meals out and make the old car due for another few years so you can have someone in to clean a couple times a month. Okay, you're going to spend all this time fighting over that the house isn't clean and why aren't you tidy, somehow scrape together $110 a month and get a maid to help. So that's what this saying. You can You can solve a lot of the fundamental issues with the proper application of money and ingenuity. So how can we be creative to make the relationship work and make everyone happy? And right, so that's a fundamental conflict where somebody may be a messy person. Trying to drill them to get be a clean person is a problem. So I've got one more to share with you. And it's funny because it um, ends on what I said about gratitude. So be grateful. No matter how your life seems at the moment, be grateful. Focus on it with laser-like, single-minded devotion of a dog eyeing a porterhouse. I'm going to say that again. Be grateful. No matter how things seem at the moment, focus on it with laser-like, single-minded devotion of a dog eyeing a porterhouse. So there you have it, people. Wayne McCullough, checking out from Dallas, Texas with The Simple Talk. May God bless you all. I would go through storms. No, my soul is better for it.